Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Welcome back, Thompson to Clark, Brad and Garrett here. You know, today, because this is a podcast network about Bay Area sports... I don't even want to bring up this game uh, on the air. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, not pretty. <laughs> it was very terrible. For, maybe one yeah. of the worst 49er games I've ever seen in my life, unfortunately. But so uh, Roderick and I, last night we recorded the post game right after the game was over. And so we missed the news that was coming out of that game, which is uh, Brock Purdy had, uh, they, they worried the UCL in the elbow, which from this podcast, we know that that could could be bad news, really bad news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What it sounds like is that uh, they are hoping it is a repair versus a reconstruction. And so I, d- I did a kind of an emergency bonus episode in the feed on Brock Purdy's elbow. So if people uh, are interested in that, make sure you check that out. We also have the full video on uh, the, the YouTube channel. It was just me, solo me for 10 minutes. I don't know if that's good or bad. But <laughs> but yeah, well, that's so, good. I mean, if you if you're bringing better than expected information, it's good. Yeah, right? you know the breaking news stuff worked really well when we broke the news of uh, Brandon Belt uh, signing with Toronto. That's like the most highly viewed video on on the YouTube page. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. You know what I realized though, as I was doing my UCL research. I've definitely sprained my UCL before. And you know when I did it? I know, I know exactly when I did it. So 2001, post 9-11, I was playing in a tournament, uh, a semi-pro tournament in Arizona where we got to play on all the minor league fields. And I clearly remember this because it was like a month after 9-11. So the airports were just a mess as you can imagine and so we went out to that tournament and in that tournament you're playing multiple games in uh in a row i think we played something like gosh it was like four games in five days or five games in four days or something like that so by the end of this tournament my elbow was so sore that i had to come i was like guys there's no way i can play shortstop i can't even 
think about making that throw across the diamond. My elbow's so messed up. They're like, okay, just play second. Just play, you know, play second base. I'm like, okay, playing second base. I go and to try and turn a double play, and I catch the ball at the bag and I pivot. And to me, this ball is going towards first base. Right. But my arm said, no, it's going to be about oh. between first base and catcher. <laughs> oh, I had no. zero control of where the ball was oh, going. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm reading up about this injury and, it, you know, grip strength and you can't really feel you don't you can't feel the ball. And so I'm like, oh, that's what I hurt during that tournament. And it took me, you know, uh, several months to be able to, to throw again. So that, that, you know, obviously mine's not, mine wasn't a, a tear. It was, I'm assuming it was a sprain, but right. uh, yeah, you know, it's we usually, enough. we usually see this as, as a baseball injury. And when you hear that, you think Tommy John surgery, but in doing the research, it's like, if you, if it's a repair, it's probably a six month injury. If they reconstruct the thing for baseball players, it's over a year or for pitchers, it's over a year, but for Someone like Brock Purdy, it was probably be more like nine or ten months, but still, you don't, you know, that that's almost missing the the season. So yeah. uh, hopefully for him that uh, it is a repair and he could be be back by the start of training camp. But just yeah. wanted to mention that because I put that up as sort of a breaking news. We don't, we haven't usually done that too much in in this feed, but I thought it was like you know, might as well put it up. Uh, Rod and I weren't able to talk about it last night, so I just wanted to update the listeners. I'm just kind of shocked that doesn't happen more in football um mainly because you know again you're still throwing overhand um i don't know f- 35 to 40 times a game um and and the warm ups beforehand but the fact that you've got you know a def- defensive lineman or linebacker coming wanting to rip your head off <laughs> yeah. and if all he can grab is your throwing <laughs> arm as it's exposed like this i mean, i'm really shocked there's not more of those injuries cuz you know we always talk about it my brother-in-law and i when we're watching games you know stafford's dropping back jared goff kurt warner all these years we've been watching and when a guy comes and gets his defensive player gets his hand right next to the arm we're like oh man dodged a bullet but yeah it's yeah, it's it's one of those kind of I almost call it a freak injury because you just don't see it that often. Yeah, and plus, you know, Stafford's six five, two thirty or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> six foot one ninety-five. So. Exactly. So he's a little bit a little bit lower in the yeah. trajectory of everybody's big fat defensive lineman arms. <laughs> I thought the same thing as you though, and I have a hypothesis about why this doesn't happen to quarterbacks as much is because the quarterback throwing motion is more like a catcher's throwing motion. And True, so there's yeah. not as much reach back uh, as, you know, someone like uh, uh, DeGrom, you know, throwing mm-hmm. 103 where, yeah. you know, he he's he's reaching back and he's coming down. He's probably throwing a little bit harder than he should. And that's where those injuries come from. But, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but our I, this is where the, the, the network works, right? Right. We, we have baseball knowledge to these football injuries and we can give the baseball perspective as well so yeah that exactly. was, that was good all right what are we going to talk about today well uh just kind of everything there's like lots of little nuggets of news no giant news but little nuggets enough to keep us going for for the hour or however long it takes here uh one of the things that made me laugh is someone had tweeted that Draymond Green starts a podcast. The Warriors win the championship. The the Kelsey brothers start a podcast, and now they're facing off against each other in the Super Bowl. 
Hot Take Bry tweeted at Logan Webb and was like, it's your turn, buddy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Let's go. I like that. Did, did Webb. Webb say anything back? Did he I say, don't know. I'm, I'm watching it's, it closely. It's in the pike. It's it's ready to go. We've got it. We've got it. Uh, you know, because 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 if he replies, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be out there going like I'll do I'll produce you. You just have yeah. to talk in the mic. I got you. We'll record it. We'll put it out. We got we got everything here to perfect for, for Logan Logan Webb just to come and say you know say a few words for uh, uh, once a week or something. So you've even got the lid of the yeah. team that he's going to exactly. be pitching for in about exactly. a month. How do you like that? That's a nice looking lid. Yeah, I yeah. Like my my world baseball club, uh, world baseball classic hat, Team USA. There were a few different ones. They had right. the the fitted. They had the stretch fit. Um, I like the snapback a little Me just too. better for podcasts because sometimes with that stretch fit, the bill curves a little bit too much. Uh, yeah. And then with the with the real fitted hat, I'm I'm just I'm always right between a size, and it never fits great. So I, I've just been, I've, and I've never been a snapback guy my entire life. But just these last couple of years, I'm like, you know what? Let's just go snapback. I've become a snapback guy over the last few years. This is a fitted hat, and it just happens to fit any hair that I got going on underneath <laughs> here. But there are times during the summer, I got the short crop so I can snap it down one yeah. more. And then there's times like this where I've got just the mop. Yeah. Right? And, and I have to like really open it up so I can get the, the yeah. hat on my head. So that's yeah. yeah, I've pretty much gone like snapbacks now at this age. <laughs> All right. What else is going on? Well, the giants and KMBR are hosting the fan fest this weekend. Mm-hmm. Which is which means that pitchers and catchers are right around the corner. What is that date like? Do we have a countdown of when pitchers and catchers report? Garrett, I've got it on my calendar. All right, let's go. Let me let me go look here. Uh, we're and it's coming up really soon. I think it's right after the Super Bowl. Um, Giants pitchers and catchers report on the sixteenth. Wow, uh, that is actually you know I apologize. They report on the fifteenth. Of February, and then their first full workout is the 16th. Okay. So, okay. There you go. Wow. That is soon. So, we'll, we'll have two more shows without any spring training. And then from here on out until the end of, uh, you know, well, whenever their season ends, we hope it goes into November, but, well, you know, we, yeah, that, that's a hope. Then, then, then we're going to have baseball every single episode. So, that, that'll be great. Well, and- We'll have spring training and World Baseball Classic. Yeah, so baseball we're going to have classic. full shows. I mean, we're going to have a lot of stuff to kind of digest and 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 sift through and break down. Um, because going to like the athletic right now, it's tough. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I've read that article. Yeah, I've read that article. <laughs> so yeah. ba- bags did a did a long uh, two part mailbag that I found very interesting. Oh, there I was a. I, yeah, I should have. Did that I, just come I, out? I sent I sent one of the parts to you, but I didn't send the second one. Oh, crime! But there was I'm, a great behind. there was a great <laughs> question about Brian Sabian. Why did Brian Sabian leave? And you know how come the Giants couldn't figure out how to keep him? He was a consultant. Why didn't they use him more? And I actually have an answer that's a little bit different from Bags's answer, but you know, Bags answered it very eloquently. He's a really fantastic writer. And my answer is, I don't know if you, if folks are keeping up with these big media company CEOs, uh, Bob Iger, who was the Disney CEO, 
he finally left his he's he, uh, Bob Chapek succeeded him. Then the pandemic happened and then they brought Bob, Bob Iger back. Uh, and now Bob Chapek is out. And it's like the worst thing that could have happened to Bob Chapek when he became the CEO was to have Bob Iger still sniffing around in the in the building. <laughs> right. Because he's kind of Pretty like, much. you know, he's, he's the one that that was, uh, the you know, fantastic CEO company really sprouted underneath him continued success and finally he has a successor but he 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 doesn't like he's like just around too much and he's still too much of that fabric so the second that chapek is not doing a good job it's just the whispers are like oh you know who's in the office though (laughs) know who we could bring back let's bring back you know who hasn't quite really left yet article i read too kind of uh summed it up and said one problem with Bob Iger um, that everybody seems to kind of overlook is that he is not good at picking his successor. Yeah. So this totally. time around, they're hoping, you know, two years that they've got him for that he can really dig in. I'm taking the over that. on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two years, two years in quotation marks. Yes. By the way, I am, I'm reading a great book on Disney. Um, Gosh, I think it was written in, I want to say 2010. Mm. Uh, it is called, gosh, what is it called? I'll, I'll find the, the name of okay. it. But I'd love to read it. So, it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, just about when um, it's called, the uh, it's called Disney War. It's by the Ooh. author James Stewart. And so James Stewart, pick, the book picks up, right as Michael Eisner uh, becomes Disney CEO. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff is like, is in the eighties. Like I'm still in the eighties of uh, late eighties who framed Roger rabbit and all that stuff. So um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a Disney's a fascinating company. So just, you know, if you, if you're looking for something uh, about a a fun book, about a a big company like that, I would say yes on the Disney, but I'm still, yeah, I'm only 20% into it. So there's still lots to go. We're Disney nuts. And there's a great, great, like four part, five part documentary on Disney plus that was on there when they launched. And it, it takes you from the beginning of Walt's journey. Oh, it is just, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it again because it was just that good. So, yeah. So back to the fan fest. Uh, I believe I went to the very last fan fest that they had because I don't think they've had one in a few years. Um, my friend uh, Stephanie, who is on Twitter as I Steffi, that's her. That's her Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. You've seen her before. She yep. uh, she and I have been to a couple together. I I went with a, a couple of other friends back in the day. So I've you know I've been to the fan fest a, a good amount of times and say the last five or six years. And so finally they brought it back. And I it's, it's, if you are a Cambiar nut, I think you would really love the fan fest because all of the Cambiar hosts are there and, you know, they, they do interviews with the players and stuff. I remember when I went, uh, it was, uh, th- there was a thing about Boach cause I think it was his last year when, uh, before he left. Mm-hmm. And so they were, you know, it was a whole celebration of Boach and stuff. And I remember going to, there was like a Q and a, uh, and fans could, could just ask Boach questions. I think I want to say Brian Murphy, uh, did, did the, uh, the interview with him, but 
that was the day that I have I actually met Alex Pavlovich, Giants beat writer, in person. Now I I interviewed him before uh, a couple different times. So people know who listen to the show probably know Carmen Q, who does the Giants uh, post game stuff with uh, Cole Kuyper and I forget the other two two uh, people. Who, who do she it? She was on one of our very first, she was one of our very first guests. Right, back right. First it, right in the pandemic, I she's the one who turned me on to uh, the NPR podcast, the daily one, the, the daily news oh. one, the 10 minute one or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right in the beginning of the pandemic, I I, I wanted to talk to her because we had, you know, just launched this show. But Carmen is friends with, with Alex and Alex being the Giants beat writer. So the one thing that the three of us have in common is we are fans of the MTV show, The Challenge. What is The Challenge? The Challenge originally started, they took the alumni from the real world, they paired them up against the alumni from the road rules, and they had like Battle of the Network Stars type of (laughs) athletic events. And it was like a TV show on MTV. Now, it has like evolved into this crazy sport of endurance and how far can we push these people and these people can you know are are puking when when they run the final and tj lavin is the host so we are all the three of us are fans of that show so carmen was like hey you know it's off season do you want to interview alex and i was like yeah she's like let's talk about the challenge and i'm like yeah and i was like but can i ask him like two baseball questions three baseball questions (laughs) so we did like two of those shows and i'm talking about 10 years ago uh so then uh, at the last fan fest i finally got to say what's up to him and tell him like yeah i'm the guy that carmen you know you and carmen did the the podcast with and he's like oh yeah yeah and then that was it but it was just the shortest thing because he's obviously busy during fan fest you know covering it and stuff so but fan fest is fun you know if you if you if you go you want to walk around the ballpark you can walk onto the field you know, you, they, they have like stuff going on on the field that you can walk around. And uh, as long as the weather is good, it's usually a fun time. So if uh, if folks go, we want to hear we want to see your photos, uh, post yeah, them on absolutely. Twitter, tag us at BSPN shows or shoot us an email. I have a, I have a BSPN email now. GG at BSPN dot com. So shoot us an email if you nice. have a fun fan fest experience i think hot take brian might go i don't know if i'm gonna go i'm, I'm thinking about it but you know have to trek out to him after uh, i coach the uh, the twins basketball game so we'll see I, I don't know if i'm gonna be able to do it but it's fun to, it, it's a good time all right uh some news actually uh one of that one of the pieces of news is the giants signed a new catcher backup Probably if he makes the squad, Robert Perez, historically great defensively, uh, had one pretty good offensive season, not really an offensive guy, but he's now in his mid thirties, had a lot of injuries of late, but he was sought after. He was definitely someone who teams were looking to, to bring on and the giants bring him on possibly to back up Joey Bart. What did you think of the signing of Robert Perez? I like it. He goes by Robert Perez. He goes by Roberto Perez. It's like, it's like the director, you know, Robert Rodriguez, who goes sometimes mm-hmm. goes by Roberto. Yeah, and you know when, when he's doing like, 
like some sort of gnarly horror bloody <laughs> show it's roberto rodriguez <laughs> but but when it's more kid friendly and happier like uh what is it uh, shark boy and lava girl yeah that's 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 robert perez so so <laughs> there you go there you go so so maybe if we can go with roberto perez we mm. can get more more pop yeah roberto's bat he did have so he had one season where he had an ops plus over 100 and 100 is the average um so so we're not getting a bat here uh he does put the ball in play i mean you know he's not he's not a strikeout machine um I'm trying to think in 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 his one season, let's see, two hundred and forty eight at bats, seventy one. Well, he is kind of a strikeout machine. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull that back a little bit. Not a strikeout machine, but he strikes out pretty normal. But he does he does have a little pop. One season, one hundred and nineteen games in two thousand and nineteen. Um, only four hundred and forty nine at bats. He hit twenty four home runs. Uh, but he still only had an OPS plus. Of 99 that season yeah. because he only hit nine doubles. He's not a doubles <laughs> machine. You know, it's it's over the fence or uh, dribble a single. Lifetime 207 hitter. Uh, lifetime OPS of 658. But here's what we're looking at. 2019 and 2020, he was a gold glove catcher. And that's what excites me. Because when you're looking at, when you look at the active roster right now, when you look at the 40-man roster right now, when you look at both of those rosters, you see one catcher's name, yep. and that's Joey Bart. So so this is something that they really needed to do. Get Roberto Perez in here. Uh, let him you know, compete as the backup. I don't think they really have many other options. Ricardo Genovese is in uh, AAA. I don't think he's ready to come up. Um, and again, he's going to be the same type of, of player as Perez, but Perez is a, is a, you know, gold glove catcher in major league baseball. So if you can get somebody that can save a run in a game, that's probably just as good as driving in a run. So I I'm okay with that. Um, if you just got a, you know, so, so catcher, um, who hit 230, but his glove was not so great. I probably would not have been as happy with this pickup Mm -hmm. uh, as I am. So what about, uh, Austin wins. Like I know that I know he's not on the forty man, but he is on a minor league. I believe they brought him back in a minor league deal. Is that right? You know, I don't know actually where he currently is. Um, I, th- I think I think they yeah, brought, minor they brought him back in a minor league deal, and then they have uh, the great Blake Sable, who I don't know if people really consider him uh, as a catcher catcher, but he kind of can play a bunch of positions, maybe not greatly (laughs) uh, all of them, but he's also on the roster, but yeah, you're right. Now we have a second actual catcher catcher. um, And so we'll see what happens with, with him. I I would hope that because of his value defensively, you know, but this is, this puts a little bit of pressure on Bart, right? Bart has to hit a little bit better than someone who can't hit at all if he wants to play. So I, I think he will. I think Bart, like like when somebody, we I think we were talking about this during the season, but they said, you know, you, you know, to, to your eyeballs, Joey Bart is a terrible hitter. But if you average all of the catchers in baseball, like he's still better than than half of them. So yeah, 
So and he was really coming around as a defensive catcher last year. And and now you've got Roberto Perez in camp who can help Joey Bart as well, uh, you know, on the defensive side of things. And you've got some owner with the Giants. What was his name? Buster Posey, who might also be <laughs> able to help out defensively with Joey Bart too. Now that he's part owner with the Giants, can show up at camp and – uh you know, kind of throw some things out there. I'm sure Joey Bart and Buster Posey probably still talk to this day. Um, just kind of about, you know, about the, the catching position and, and what's expected and, and how to improve and how to, how to get better over time. I'm still, I know everybody laughs at me. I'm still high on Joey Bart. You, you can print that out, stick it on the wall. I'm still high on Joey Bart. I still am expecting at some point a, a 250 season with maybe 30 home runs i'm expecting it to click at some point um maybe i'm just trying to be super optimistic but a a pick that high i don't want to just write off yet um so i i think again having roberto perez in there to kind of help with the defensive side of things um you know joey bart can then concentrate on on hitting a little bit more and and hopefully this this coming season is a little bit of a breakout for him. A step forward is all he really needs at this point. His OPS last two seasons were in the low eighties, low to mid eighties. Um, sorry, his OPS plus. Uh, so if he can punch that up closer to the 100, I mean, if he, if he can walk away next season with an OPS plus of 100, 99, 101, I'd be ecstatic. I'd say that's a huge step forward that he is now an average OPS plus hitter, not just catcher, but, hitter in general mm-hmm. yeah I, I apologize i anglicized roberto perez's name something fierce there by calling him robert <laughs> I, I i i just missed the o when i was reading it i don't know oh, there don't you know go happened. i don't know what happened I, I mean he may go by robert perez i don't you know <laughs> uh let's so let's talk about one other small move that just happened right uh, as we right before we went to to record Joe Ross, the Giants signed Joe Ross to a minor league deal, former first round draft pick. I think, I think going back about 10 or 11 years now for, for, for that draft. And uh, so they, I think he's a Bay area guy. So they're bringing him in as well. And you know, this is uh this is what Farhan does take some shots at guys who will cost them nothing to see if they will give them, you know, slightly above nothing. We'll see what yeah. happens with him, and uh, uh, but yeah, so that 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 was just uh, right as we were about to go on air. That happened as well. Yeah, all right. Any kind of insurance you can get on the pitching staff—that's huge. I mean, you know, like we've talked about so many times, they need like eight starting pitchers going into the season. That's just the way it is nowadays. Yeah. So. That's a good segue too, because yeah. we're gonna hit that. Farhan talked about that today, but before we do, let's talk about. What we are drinking now. I have a fun one for you. I was actually really nice. excited to do this because this is the weirdest, wackiest drink that uh, I could find. So I'll, I'll I'll lay out the how this happened, how I got these drinks. I did not purchase them. Crystal had a party on Friday where she invited her colleagues over uh, to have game night. And so, you know, I'm watching the the basketball game and they're, you know, having wine and playing games and having a blast. And all of a sudden, you know, everyone leaves. It was it was a I think they were all gone by like 830. So it was an early kind of party. 
and so uh, I look at like this. There's like a couple of drinks left, and there were like some hard seltzers. And then I was like, oh, what's that? And I look at this can. It is called Lover Boy Sparkling Hard Tea. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's called, uh, at the bottom it says, it's kissed with lavender. And lavender oh, is an actual ingredient. Lavender extract is an actual ingredient. So I was like, wow, who's who, who makes this? And what I found, did a little bit of research, it's like two UK reality stars or something like that are behind Loverboy sparkling wow. hard tea. So you, you mean it's not the eighties band Loverboy? No, it's not. That's, that's they're not working for the weekend. I mean it. It yeah. I mean the, look <laughs> at this bottle. It looks, looks that is kinda, wow or not like a bottle can. So uh, the the other thing is that there is no sugar content in the entire thing. The ingredient. For where you get the sweetness in Loverboy Sparkling Hard Tea is in monk fruit. There you go. And that's in Zevia drinks. Right. Monk fruit so, and, and stevia. So I'm guessing that's where the caloric intake comes from because it says zero sugar, zero added sugars, but still 90 calories. Now, I understand that some people believe that the calorie in calorie out is kind of BS. And it is really about your blood sugar and the insulin hit on these certain things. So maybe calories is, is not a big deal, but if you're going to give me a drink and on the front of it, you say no sugar. And then I look at it. It says 90 calories. I look at a diet Coke and it says no sugar. And I look on the back, it says no calories. Yeah. So what's going on? Or maybe five calories. So what's going yeah. on, lover boy? Is the monk fruit really where the, the caloric intake comes from? No, the, the caloric intake is from what the uh, how your body processes processes the alcohol. So that, that's probably so the alcohol so, is where the calories come from. Right. So so at 90 calories, how many ounces is that? Uh, it is 11 and a half. Okay. I'm going to guess at 90, 90 calories, 11 and a half. You're looking at 4.8 ounces yeah, or 4.8% like, 4. Like, of alcohol. I was like, yeah, four, two or something. Yeah. So it, now if it was 110 calories, you'd look, be looking at like a 5% alcohol drink. So the higher you go up in the alcohol and that's the same with beer. Beer is the same way. Uh, higher alcohol, and you're going to get, uh, you know, more calories, and that, it's just the way your body processes it. So. so, so you're saying that I should have actually asked for more calories in my Lover Boy, Long Boy iced tea than less yeah, calories. Exactly. If you want to crawl to bed, <laughs> you, want, you want more calories in uh, your love fancy Lover Boy <laughs> drink. <laughs> there you go. All right, what are you drinking? You told me I was going to laugh. You texted me and said, I've, I've got a drink and I'm going to laugh. You're, you're going to laugh at this. And I did. That was yeah. funny. I like yeah. That. Good. Um, so I went, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of calories, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I needed a beer today. A rough day, long day at work, lots of snow. High today in our area in Reno was 26 degrees. It was seven degrees on my way to work this morning. Uh, so it's, it's been a chilly day to say the least. Um, so I grabbed myself a Lost Coast peanut butter 
chocolate milk stout. And wow. It's yeah, it's but you know, it's only 5.6%. So it's not jam-packed. And and again, with beer, you get the higher alcohol percentage with the higher amount of malts that are used. Um, so it's not really jam-packed with malts or anything, but it's sweet. I definitely taste the sweetness. Um it is a smooth and creamy midnight black stout with hints of roasted peanuts, cocoa, coffee, raisins, and toffee. Easy drinking for both casual fans and aficionados. Um, but yeah, it's very tasty. It's it's not heavy. I've had some peanut butter stouts mm-hmm. that you're like, you know, like the dog when you give him peanut butter. Yeah, yeah it's not like <laughs> the, the, this one's definitely not like that. It's not chewy, but it's got a nice hint, and I'm a sucker for anything peanut butter you give me anything peanut butter and i will eat it there you go all right so now let's talk about the conversation that uh farhan had with uh reporters uh, the the story comes from uh alex pavlich the aforementioned alex pavlich we were talking about him it's not about the mtv the challenge he is talking about giants baseball <laughs> so he asked uh i don't know if he asked or if that was just uh you know with some of the other reporters in the, in the conversation but it, it turned to the rotation and the giants have a lot of guys uh alex wood uh logan webb they sign Ross Stripling. They sign Sean Manea. Uh, they have uh, coming back from uh, from last year. Who, who's the guy that got hurt? Uh, Desclafani. Desclafani. Right. So, you know, they have all these guys, and then they have guys like Junis uh, possibly in the bullpen to be like a long guy. They have guys like Sean Jelly who could possibly be in the mix there as well. So they, you know, they talked about him, and, and Farhan is quoted as saying, uh, "I think it's really going to be a mix." Mentioning like uh, uh, the the starting pitching, there may be some situations in which we go to a six man rotation for a period of time. The drawback is that you're down to a seven man pen, but if you have rested starters who are going deep into games, and you have guys in the bullpen that can throw multiple innings. That can help mitigate that. I think there will be times we do that. There will be times when we tandem guys and try to use two of our starters to get through an entire game and give the rest of the pen a day off. So that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Using if if you if you do have six starters, uh, using two in one game and just going like, all right, uh, Logan Webb, you got the ball. You're throwing until you're done and. Alex Wood, you're cleaning it up no matter what. Like that's so we're saving the entire bullpen, and we can do that because we have the you know the multiple starting pitchers uh, that that we have uh, on this roster. Uh, I forget the Cobb. They also have Alex Cobb. Cobb, right, right. right. Uh, and so, so what do you think about that? Because a lot of the times last year, it definitely felt like the bullpen was so tired and asked to get outs that maybe weren't there for them. Yeah, and I and I think what they did too, uh, which was great, um, is that they couldn't really go out and and they weren't going to overpay for bullpen arms. Yeah, they were kind of in on Kenley Jansen. Uh, where did he end up? Uh, Boston, right? Um, 
Yeah, they were kind of in on an, uh, uh, another couple of relievers, and then they ended up getting Taylor Rogers. So they've got the Rogers brothers, and they've got Camilo Duvall in the back end. Um, oh, so instead that, of just, back to our podcast idea, maybe it's the Taylor, yeah. the Taylor uh, and Tyler Rogers podcast instead I of like Logan that. Webb. Oh, yeah, we to, Rod, have, just call it just call it Rogers Deuce. Yeah, we we may have like to pitch that. them that. <laughs> there you go. I get them on our network. Let's do this. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, so they didn't really, you know, do a huge revamp of the bullpen. And there's a lot of arms that, you know, a lot of guys at the end of the season that they kind of took a look at. Um, let me just, I'm going to, I'm going to punch up the roster real quick. Cause I don't, I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, yeah. So when you look at it, you know, some arms, Scott Alexander, um, you know, who else was in there? And Luke Jackson, another reliever for the Giants uh, that they picked up in free agency. Uh, he's coming off of, of surgery. So it's going to be another maybe month or two into the season. He's ready. every everyday Brebbia. Everyday Brebbia. Jacob Junis is now can, now can be like a true long man. Um, speaking of long man, you've got Sammy Long, slinging Sammy Long. Slinging Sammy. Um, you know, Tyler Rogers, Taylor Rogers, Zapucky. Uh, who was really coming around? Cole Waits, another guy who was coming around during the uh, end of the season. So when you've got Alex Wood, Logan Webb, uh, you know Stripling, Manea Wood, Descafani, and then you've got Kyle Harrison too. It's kind of it's almost exciting. It's like, hey, are we taking a step back towards getting starting pitchers to go mm-hmm. like six or seven innings? Yeah. Maybe eight innings. I mean, are we going to like lengthen guys out because we have more starting pitching? Yeah. Um, and, and that'd be kind of fun too to see. Hey, you know, Logan Webb, he's he's slated to start today. If he can get eight, cool. If he can only get five, hey, uh, you know, Alex Cobb is going to come in and he's going to pitch the last four innings and that's going to save the bullpen and rest them up. Yeah, I think this is a step in the right direction because the bullpen was taxed in 2021, which then kind of bled over into 2022. And, and they threw a lot of innings in both of those seasons combined. So to, 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 to add more starting pitching arms and be able to kind of mix it up that way. And I know Farhan in the interview said, you know, this isn't a strategy. Hell it is. It's a strategy. <laughs> I mean, it's, that, that's what that strategy is. What I wonder yeah. is, you know, we saw. I think the Rays were the first team to do the opener thing, where you where you start off with the bullpen guy, and then you bring in your 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 starter to be the long man. Yeah, I wonder if this is Farhan going like, "Oh, here's the zag to that strategy. We're actually going to have a six man rotation, though it's still going to be a five man rotation because in one of these games, two starters are going to." flesh this whole game out and thus it's still you know they're still going to all have the same rest but that's how we're that that's an interesting thing to do especially if you have guys that that you trust because it could completely backfire like if you don't have a starter you can trust you're like okay logan's going six then then we're closing with de sclafani these last three and then de sclafani can't get out of the one inning then you it screws up your whole thing because then you got to bring the bullpen back in so that that's a it's a fascinating idea and I'm, i'm interested to see how it plays out so he does say he says yes that's something we've heard a lot from our relievers over the last couple years is there's just a lot of value and it's kind of intuitive in games where pretty much the entire pen 
has the day off. If you have a guy who throws five, then a guy come in behind him and throw the final four. That's huge. That's huge for the entire bullpen. This isn't a strategy or matchup type of thing as much as it is a load management thing and a way to keep everybody healthy. And like you said, it absolutely sounds like a strategy. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to, to Farhan if this is where teams are going. And they're like, oh, look at what the Giants are doing. They're saving their pen every three or four starts just by, you know, doubling up on the starters in games. We're going to start doing that. And then it, you know, and then it goes that other way. And then they're like, yeah, who's, who's doing openers? You guys who do openers, you guys are stupid. This is the way to go. <laughs> well, and, and you know, that's the thing too, because you've got Alex Wood, right? He's a starter, but he's traditionally had issues third time mm-hmm. through the lineup. So if you can get him in, in the fifth inning, in the sixth inning, and have him finish out a game where you're, especially if you're up like, you know, say it's a 5-1 ball game, right? You're up 5-1. to one. Logan Webb has thrown 106 pitches, couldn't get out of six, didn't quite have his stuff, walked a couple of batters, walked three batters, whatever. And then Alex Wood could come in and go twice through the lineup to close this thing out. Then, hey, that that's a fantastic strategy. It blows up in your face if something bad happens and you get to extra innings, and now you've got to start using relievers. Yeah. Uh, th- then you've used two starters and a bunch of relievers. But I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the rarity, of course, uh, when something like that happens. But it, I mean, in theory, it's a fantastic strategy, even though Farhan says it's not a strategy, which is bullcrap because it it is a strategy yeah. to to have a six man rotation, but to use it uniquely instead of every six days, you know, every, every day for six days in a row, somebody different starts a ball game. And then there is the elephant in the room. Who's chomping at the bit to, to make the big league team. You mentioned him, Kyle Harrison. I imagine like that's the dream, right? Is Harrison Mm -hmm. is able to, to be a big leaguer sometime this year. And then, you just you you it's just your ideas on steroids now because you have this young guy who's who, who's missing bats and uh, and you add him to the mix. So Cal Harrison is kind of the he, he's kind of the prospect dandy right now. Now he's not in you know your top ten uh, of most of these things. We've seen a couple. We saw the one that we talked about last week. I think he was what he was like in the back end of the teens. Yeah, Keith Keith Law, he put his prospect list out, and it has a lot of the guys that that you're aware of. Uh, Gunnar Henderson is number two. Corbin Carroll from the Di- uh, Diamondbacks is number one. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny is I know a lot of these guys just because of uh, the show, <laughs> the MLB, the show, yeah, yeah exactly, game. yes, because you know you have your little your your cards of these guys. Uh, Jackson Churio, who's 19, uh, is number three. He's a Brewers player. So uh, all, all the way down, and uh, you get, you know, Diego Cart- Cartaya is number six. We've heard of him. Uh, when you get down to number 12, right after Marcelo Mayer from the Boston Red Sox and right before Andrew Painter from the Philadelphia Phillies, and you have Kyle Harrison at number 12. He was ranked last year on Law's list at 82. So he made a 70-player jump on this list. Uh, And he is the first Giants player, of course. Now, uh, if you're wondering about Luciano, Luciano is in the top 
uh, let's see, he sits 21. So he's in the top 21. Last year he was 15, so he's dropped a little bit, and that's because of the injuries that we were talking about last week. But, yeah, Kyle Harrison is a little bit of a dandy, and I think the last couple years, like Giants fans and people who follow this stuff, you know, like our friend Roger Munter and a lot of the really good prospect uh, folks on Twitter – we knew Kyle, but I think now a lot of the national folks are, are finding out about Kyle. What do you think about his rise on, on these lists? I think it's awesome. And, I, and I've seen a lot of lists, too, where he's number one, <clears throat> the number one left-handed pitching prospect in all of the minors. Um, led, led all of the minors last year in, in Ks per nine. Um, you know, I, I think it's well-deserved. It's, uh, I think there was a fantastic article. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was in The Athletic uh, probably about a year ago where they talked about the Giants' draft strategy during the pandemic, and it was kind of all in on Kyle Harrison. He was a local guy. Yeah. Uh, he was easy for the Giants to scout, uh, and, and they kind of they looked at that and they said, you know what, we got to go all in on Kyle Harrison, and they got him. Um, and, and so – when you've got a left-handed prospect, you know how you know how you you, you want to combo those righty to lefty because when you go into a series against a, you know a, a one-sided heavy lineup, if you could you know punch them with a righty and then a lefty and then maybe back with a righty, just go back and forth, back and forth. Um, that's kind of the way you want to do it. Uh, I again. It, we're old school. I'd love to see him come up. I'd love to see him come out of the gate in 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 <laughs> April. As, as who, who loses starter. their job if that happens? Who? who I don't who know. I, yeah, somebody. But we're talking. This is the 1980s strategy, yeah, right? Yeah, hey, Kyle yeah. Harrison's really good. Good punch him in. You know, Roger Craig punch him in the lineup. Let's go. Um, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So it's probably going to be closer to like June. Um. I'm excited, man. I'm I'm really it's been a long time since we've had a prospect take this big of a jump in all of the rankings where even the Giants brass, everybody in the Giants brass is saying that this is uh he's going to make a splash in spring training. You wait and see. I mean, remember what Logan Webb did a couple of years ago in spring training where we're like, "Oh my gosh, he's he had something like 22 strikeouts and one walk or something like that." And and we were sitting there going, "Oh, this is fantastic." So if the Giants can get a homegrown lefty-righty one-two punch starting in June of this year, that's exciting for Giants and and you know, and Giants fans. Yeah, he's going to be a fun one to follow. If I know us, uh, we're going to be looking at box scores every time he pitches. Oh, yeah. That's where Roger's uh, Roger's website comes into play, his Substack. It becomes very valuable as you follow. I'm almost more interested in Luciano at this point just because of his issues last year. And I, I just want to see him bounce back and. And so, you know, Casey, Casey Schmidt is also very high up on this list. And, you know, the talk is that, and this is also in Baggerly's uh, mailbag, David VR, who still has options, it sounds like the Giants really want him to go out and win that third base competition. But then you have Casey Schmidt, who's like kind of riding the coattails there and is what they say is he's the best defensive uh, third baseman uh maybe even defensive infielder as far as, you know, the talent in their prospects. So he's kind of coming up. 
where does you know if you were if you're high on VR and you got this prospect chomping, I wonder if it's to maybe see if he's got any trade value or maybe he just hits and hits and hits and you just find a spot for him because he can hit. I think that's your optimistic view there with him. Yeah, I think so. And 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 you've got JD Davis who could play third, so you've got him as kind of a, a an option over there as well. Um and you've also got Wilmer Flores. But we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there for Wilmer. I think Wilmer's Wilmer, going to see a lot of Wilmer's going to be on this team until he's like 50 years old. I just feel I'm not like fine with that. I he's going to be able to I'm, hit. He'll still be able to hit. He'll you know come in against the left-handed pitcher and he'll just rake a line drive. He won't be able to run or, or defend at that point, but he just feels yeah. like a guy who's going to be here forever. It takes a it takes like a certain type of player um, with a certain panache for the clutch hits for me to be like, you know, okay, that's a giant forever. I'm yeah. always going to remember that player. <laughs> and, and, uh, Wilmer is just one of those guys. And then the walk-up song, the friends walk-up song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. Three quick things before we get out of here. Uh, the giants promotional schedule came out. Alex Pavlovich, Pavlovich tweeted about it today. On the schedule for the promos, Logan Webb and Jock Peterson bobbleheads, Crook and Kipe tiki mugs. I'm I'm in on that, man. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to make it to the ballpark, but I'm gonna have to get that. From yeah, how do we get? We got to get those. We got to find people who are going and who will get them for us. Yeah, uh, a Lucille Splash Hits counter bobblehead. Ooh. They will, this is a fun one. They will celebrate the 1993 team on August 12th. So that is, you know, if you grew up when we grew up, that's like one of the favorite teams of all time there for us. Yeah. And then there's a Star Wars Funko Pop Day. And then Pavlovich adds whatever that means. Come on, you know yeah, what Star you Wars go. Funko look at Pop the, is. Look at the Here's yeah, a Star Wars Funko Pop go. for you. The Mandalorian, the child, and Mando without a helmet, too. He's got no helmet yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You can cool. see his face. Yeah, I have my <laughs> I have my Ray, my Ray one in, in the oh, closet. Yeah. I only have I only own two Funko Pops. I've got that one, and then I've got the great Eddie Van Halen. There you go. You know, you gotta have an Eddie Van Halen Funko. The two that I have are uh Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, Martin Lawrence and oh, Will Smith. Yes, I got that's those. awesome. I, and I, I got like the Ray that. one. Um, all that's right. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talked about this last week. We're going to be following the WBC very closely. You can see by my hat, Team USA. I still need to find some hats of, of the other countries, though, to have struck out on. It was so hard to find, man. I, and the ones that I can find, I'm not even sure if they're real, and I'm not sure if they're the current hats. They could be like the the one from like you know five years ago, and I'm like you know I, which is kind of cool they, too though. Yeah, I don't think they change them honestly. I think the hats pretty much remain the same. The Mexico okay. hat with the the cool looking M with the three different colors. Yeah, um, though that I think that's still the same. The Puerto Rico hat is still the same. I think they're all still the same. I don't think they change the hats. Yeah, I'm looking for a Mexico hat, a Japan hat though. I don't know if you and you and your wife do this, but uh, we're doing frugal february coming up so mm, the fun budget every month <laughs> <laughs> so the fun, tried to. the fun budget goes away for february so i gotta figure oh, this out go. i'll be able to purchase them in march if i can't if i can't find them it's very soon okay so my wcb my wbc update uh so there's a great column 
in the athletic because i think it's a monthly column and it's like the world of baseball i forget the writer's name i i didn't write it down unfortunately but uh he wrote this last week he said uh he wrote japan will sport a stacked roster that also includes uh, uh masataka yoshida the 29 year old outfielder who signed with the red sox and Munetaka Murakami, the 22-year-old Tokyo Yakut Swallows slugger who broke Sadahara O's single-season home run record last year with 56. Jeez. So they're going to have some bashers on, on Team Japan yeah. here. Murakami's new three-year deal with the Swallows will allow him to move to the major leagues in 2025. So he's going to come to the bigs when he's 25 years old, which is not how it happens for a lot of the the Japanese players. They kind of come, you know, at the tail end of their twenties or in their early thirties. And he's already stated his preference for a landing spot. Ideally, I'd like to play for a West coast team. Murakami said earlier this month, but then he hurt my feelings when he said, but I'm also interested in the New York Yankees. No, oh. get out of here. <laughs> Okay. Damn you, Hideki Matsui. Okay, okay, but here, here, here ruined it for yeah, us. Yeah, that, that, that's a hundred percent right. <laughs> but here's my real worry: Does wherever Otani goes, is that a little bit of like, like, like what Matsui was for the Yankees? Like you just said, if Otani signs with the Dodgers, now all of a sudden. Do these really great Japanese players want to come to LA? I'm like, no, like mm. we can't have the pipeline, the best Japanese players yeah. be pipelined to the Dodgers. Well, this and we're be. also battling with Seattle every time yeah. a Japanese player decides to put his hat in the ring. Then, then all of a sudden, we're like, oh no, Seattle Ichiro has such a, a you know, yeah, a Iconic. big following there, and and yeah, so you're battling with you know the Yankees. The Mariners, and don't add the dirty Dodgers into it. Man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, I I also wondered. Um, there was a uh, there was a, a a Murakami Masanori Murakami who played for the Giants in '64. Right. I wonder if there's any relation. I, I, I Murakami is probably like a, a, I, a casual. I think it's name. very common. Yeah, because yeah. right, wasn't that the name. first Japanese-born player? to play in the majors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. He was a reliever debuting at age 20 in 1964. See, and see, we've got that. Yeah. We've got that. Come come to us. We have tradition. Don't Absolutely. Dodgers. Dodgers have no tradition. Absolutely. You know, we, we could we could uh we could probably get an answer to that. I, I'll be interested to see if there's any lineage. Maybe there is and and Yeah. Okay, so last thing. And you know, I think most people if they're uh, not listening to the full thing, maybe they've already turned the podcast off. So I can add this. This is just <laughs> selfish stuff for you and I. Today, MLB The Show announced a new cover athlete, Jazz Chisholm, who we're all a fan of. I, I like the way that he plays. He's really oh, a yeah. fun baseball player. And you and I were talking about, I was like, you know, I think it's going to be Julio Rodriguez. Like He's like the most fun young guy who you could market the game around. I'm sure he's in the running for, for a future game. But what do you think about Jazz? I, he wasn't one I expected just because, you know, he's not one of the 10 base, best players in, in baseball. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was an all-star last year. He's only been in the league for three years. And, and only one season 
has he played more than 60 games? And that was in 2021. Um, but so he toured, there's a really cool video. Uh, I think it was last year where he toured San Diego studios and it's like a nice little five to 10 minute video. And they actually sit, sit him down and interview him. Uh, he's one of the first players to get, Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, it's called the player card. Oh yeah. So yeah. So when you're playing online, if you're playing somebody who has a player card, it is actually that player. Wow. And Jazz Chisholm was the first one to get that. So he so when you're playing against somebody and they have a Jazz Chisholm card, that's him. That's actually who you're playing against. Um, and the interview was really cool. And he was so geeked yeah. to be there. You could tell he had played this game for a very long time, like us, and he was like, This is the like I mean, he was he was like starstruck being at the San Diego studios. That's awesome. uh, so I think it's it's very well deserving. And 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 I commented on a uh, something Jarrett Seidler said today. You know, it, yeah, he's he's not the guy who like led in war or yeah. anything else, but but he's flashy and he's a fun guy. And then I commented on the tweet and I said, when you think of the words the show, Jazz Chisholm is the show. I mean, that's, that's the best name in baseball too. He's got the best name. I love jazz myself, mm -hmm. the, the the music genre. So as soon as I saw his name years ago, I was like, well, that's cool. I mean, the guy's got a, a first name is jazz. He's from the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, and, and he's flashy and he's fun and he has a good time. Um, so yeah, that that's who you want on the cover. You don't want, you know, sorry, Mike Trout. I mean, I love Mike <laughs> Trout, but, but I mean, it is Mike Trout. Yeah. It's just, He's just there. That, that's, plays, that's Team he, USA captain Mike Trout there for you. I'm so, I'm sorry, Mike <laughs> Trout, but I mean, he, and he and he's an exciting and fun player, but he's not Jazz Chisholm, you yeah, know, who's yeah. like you know way out there and 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 just fun to watch. So yeah, I think he's gonna have a lot of fun with this. Uh, though, yeah. uh, buddy of the show Jeremy Finestone said, "What happens if he's traded midseason? Because he was in trade rumors <laughs> last year, right? So you're gonna have the yeah, the, yeah. the first. Uh, I don't I don't I, I imagine he's not the first." show cover athlete to get traded no. during the season but no during the season on which he's on the cover so yeah exactly uh okay uh we're done here for this week i think i hit everything on my list man it was a long rundown too because there was nothing really juicy but there's a lot of like little things and so yeah it was a gumbo it. it was it was it a was it was absolutely. a thompson to clark gumbo is what it was absolutely yeah. you got a little bit of everything on this show so next week uh, we will be in february which means closer to spring training and i'm still crystal and i are going to figure out if i can make that wbc game team usa versus great britain in uh nice. sec uh what second week of of march see if i can get yeah. jj and get my dad and we'll go out to to phoenix to watch that game i'm, I'm trying to figure that out this week because you know can't do it in february because it's frugal february so i gotta do it now yeah or it's not <laughs> happening i got two days yeah. to figure yeah. this out yeah, yeah. No, no today's almost over you got one day man yeah yeah tomorrow yeah. is yeah. it uh, I, I need to figure that out now. Uh, okay, so we'll be back next week. Uh, for Brad, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.